Hello, you are listening to the Omnitalk Fast Five, brought to you in partnership with Microsoft, the AM Consumer and Retail Group, Takeoff and Sezzle. Our Omnitalk Fast Five podcast is the podcast that we hope each week makes you feel a little smarter and, most importantly, a little happier each week, too. Today is March 10th. I'm your host, Ann Mazinga. And I am Chris Walton. And we are here once again to discuss all the top headlines making waves in the world of omnichannel retailing. Uh, Chris, hi. And hi. Yes. People really Ooh, that seem, was ominous. Okay. really seem to be liking the podcast from last week. Do you have any idea why? They did. I no, honestly, like it is the most listened to podcast to date, you know, in the first five or six days that we have ever had. I'd and, like to take credit for it, but I'm pretty sure it's the headlines and maybe No and you know what I think I don't think it was the headlines. I think the headlines are a part of it. You know, we bring the insights every week, you know, we try yeah, to talk about the things most important week. in the news okay. and there were good topics, yes. But I think based on the chatter in social media that it was due to my Grover voice that I dropped with Cozy as Definitely definitely not. Yes. Definitely not. No, you why not? Why not definitely not? I think it totally was. Just because some people commented on the Grover voice and how uncomfortable they were with it does not mean that they liked it and are more prone to listen to the podcast. Two things about that is, one, I actually thought I was doing an Elmo voice, <laughs> and I said it was Grover voice. So, Dan, 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 I know you're listening. Yes, I got that wrong. It was actually an Elmo voice. But it got me thinking that I should actually dazzle this OmniTalk audience with my ventriloquist skills, and No. But then I got thinking, you know, you know what doesn't work on a podcast, Dan? Ventriloquism. Or the opposite. It works very well. <laughs> right, yeah, right, right. You know, with all these people joining making podcasts, the one the one area of entertainment that's not getting into podcasting is probably ventriloquism. But I feel like ventriloquists have been guests on podcasts, which again makes this like hasn't Jeff Dunham been on Howard Stern or something? I know, his like, little pickle. His, yeah, like, he could like do the pickle with the podcast, and you would oh never know, God. and he wouldn't even. Have, he could move his mouth; it would be like that much better. But anyway, all right, we digress. We digress. I will save my ventriloquism skills for another day, and or forever. Just save them. <laughs> Keep them in the vault. Don't don't open that Pandora's box, Chris. All right, you got it, Anne. All right, I think we should get to the headlines without further ado, Anne. Yes, we please. Got some, we got some hum dingers again, Anne. Some Ooh. real hum dingers, barring some parlance from my grandfather from 1950. All right, Anne. In this week's Fast Five, we're going to talk about Lululemon launching into footwear. Yes. Dollar General getting into banking. Mm -hmm. Walmart has some new fit tech. And Chewy's co-founder, Ryan Cohen, is getting pretty activist with Bed Bath & Beyond. But first, we're going to take off with news out of Amazon. And if you will, please. Of course. What would a Fast Five podcast be without some Amazon news to kick us off, Chris? I I don't think it would be a Fast Five podcast. Yes, it would not. Uh, So late last week, Amazon announced plans to close 68 stores across the U.S. and U.K. According to Chain Store Age, the planned soon-to-be-closed locations include all Amazon Books and Amazon Four Star locations and some random Amazon pop-up sites. A spokesperson from Amazon told Chain Store Age, we've decided to close our four-star books and pop-up stores and focus more on Amazon Fresh, Whole Foods Market, Amazon Go, and Amazon Style stores and our Just Walk Out technology. (laughs) And that's not all. Though we remain committed to building great long-term physical retail experiences and technologies. Chris, no surprise there. I don't think, but uh, what are your thoughts? Well, I, th- I actually, th- I think this story is really interesting. I think it's a really important one to lead with again. Comes off the, the Whole Foods uh, discussion that we had last week, 
But, you know, there's been a lot of people on social media taking a victory lap with this announcement and using the phrase, which I freaking hate. I almost swore there. <laughs> oh, my God. We're trying to keep you down. Yeah, we are trying to keep, keep you down. The, I haven't swore. I, I think I've got like two episodes of not swearing, so it's pretty Let's good. Let's keep that rolling. But there's a lot of people using the phrase, they don't get physical retail. This is proof they don't get physical retail. Oh, and man. I would argue that nothing could be further from the truth. I think the move is totally shrewd. These store concepts were never meant to have staying power. No. I mean, Amazon bookstore, come on, right? Yeah. Like they're the ones that made the physical bookstore obsolete. Yeah. They were just early pawns. And I use that word intentionally, pawns on the chessboard to help them understand how to get their just walkout technology ready for scale. Yeah. You think about books. Books, first test of Amazon's computer vision technology. The first thing you did that they did, I remember we were working Store of the Future at Target. We went and checked it out because they were using scan technology through the phone to get the book that you wanted. Right. And that was the first stage where you're doing that in a physical environment. And then Four Star, you know, God knows what they're doing with Four Star, but I think it was like a, a, the early experiment to understand returns, pickup behavior in the store, mm -hmm. you know, out in the world. Yeah. And so now all that comes together in the glory of Amazon Fresh. What is it now? 30, 40,000 square feet. It's now in a Whole Foods yep. as well. Um, th and the other thing I'd say to you, last point, it is the perfect Amazon deke. I know, and I know you're a Mighty Ducks fan being yeah. from Minnesota, you know, yes. the triple D. You know, let's let's throw some deflection here. Like, we don't know what we're doing mm -hmm. and makes the stupid people kind of think that we don't know what we're doing. But then we're going to show you that we really do know what we're doing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I mean, there's always something brewing at Amazon for sure. But I think especially like the last couple of weeks and with this announcement, it feels like there's we, we have another pop like this is this is kind of pre just walk out technology it does, again right? yeah. where it's like something's going on um these store closings are exactly what you said i think just taking what amazon's learned from their experiments and focusing efforts um i kind of feel like the you know there's other news like this um amazon is shifting their gig workers for shopping into whole foods employees like there's a another mm -hmm. kind of thing going on with just employees especially with all the union conversation yep. but the only thing I'd add on to what you said, Chris, is that I think what they learned in Four Star is also Ooh. that people will shop at Amazon store, even if the merchandising is total crap, like it's not a good experience, but people are going through and shopping an Amazon four star in a mall and buying stuff. Like you don't need to go to an Amazon store to buy stuff from Amazon. In mo most cases, it's much more convenient yeah. to have it delivered to your house in an hour or a day or whatever. Yeah. But people are shopping there. That's a really good point. You know, we've never talked about that. Like all of our times in Amazon Four Star at the Mall of America, particularly, it's always busy. Yes. It's like one of the more busy stores yes. in the mall. Exactly. And it's the worst goddamn merchandising in the history of the world. For sure. Like you can't find anything. There's nothing you're like, I need to yeah. go to the Amazon store because I can. I need to pick this up. I need to get more batteries. I need to do whatever. <laughs> it's like that store is, it's, it reminds me of the store at the, at the airport that my dad loves so much called Frivolous. Like, do you really need anything in that Amazon four star no. store? Probably not. No. It's, it's simply a destination, but people Wait, want to go. Last point on four star. The other thing they learned how to do palm payments you oh know? god palm yes. payments palm payments i'm telling you folks it's it's awesome we've had folks that have watched our videos try it out and they they all resolutely tell us it is the coolest thing ever and it's so easy to use all right let's keep moving all right let's go headline number two lululemon i mentioned it before is launching a new footwear line and called wait for it wait for it Ooh. bliss feel bliss feel yes. <laughs> 
According to CNBC Blissfield, the company's first ever running shoe for women will be available in select markets on March 22nd. And it will come in two types of women's cross trainers, both priced at $138 and $148 each to start. And then Lululemon also has plans to follow this on with a slide-on shoe meant for post-workout wear at $58 and another training sneaker with a more supportive midsole at $128. I don't know why I'd want a more supportive midsole to pay less, but anyway, that's a that's another topic for another day. The company also says it is planning to launch into men's footwear, my with my favorite uh, statement of all time, sometime next year, which means we'll wait and see how this works and decide if we're going to go into men's footwear. And my question for you, are you going to be shelling out $148 for a new pair of Lululemon kicks? And how many people do you think will? So... I would need to try them first. That's going to be my biggest thing. Before I, I may, I may consider purchasing them, but I really, I'm a little bit more like selective about my footwear decisions than I think the average person is. But oh, I got to share some insight with you. So I'm part of uh, this Lululemon Sweat Collective, which is essentially their group of like trainers and gym owners and people who work in the industry. Right, because you own a gym for those yeah, maybe not yeah. familiar with the show. Exactly. So yeah. like a brand advocate for the brand. I went to a, a virtual event that they held a couple nights ago. 7,000 people were on that virtual yeah, event, right. Chris. And that was one of two events. So they had to like close this off. So if you just consider that you have, you know, 14,000 people that are getting discounts on the $148 pair of shoes, but then are going to wear that in every gym in North America, yes, they're going to, like, this is a great move by Lululemon. It makes so much more sense for them than I think expanding like the personal care line that they were looking at and some other stuff like or yes. mirror like as a good example. Like I think this makes more sense in mirror. Yeah, like, for sure for Lululemon proper like 100%. as the brand and just the expansion of it. I think this will will just we'll see a ton of adoption. It's not about like whether this is going to be the best cross training shoe or is even comparable to like a Adidas or Nike product. It's it's a continuation of the line. Like now I have my footwear that has the Lululemon symbol on it and that and my trainer's wearing it, so I'm going to wear it. Yeah, so you're big on this. That's yeah. in a nutshell. Yes. You think it's a good move, yes. smart move. Yeah, I'm 100% with you. I think my, my take would be, why the hell not? Like For sure. And you know, in a lot of ways, I'm like, why haven't they done this before? Yeah. Like, why is it taking so long? The That's margins are high. But actually, I was thinking about it. I actually think it's good that they haven't done it so quickly because it probably means that they've actually been testing this to make sure that it hits the level of quality that they want yeah. for their brand. So them going slow with it in reality, when you step back and think about it, is probably a good idea. So I'm with you. I think this is going to go gangbusters. I'll tell you what. You know what I have my eye on? Because I saw it oh in the God. promo photo. What? The slide. That slide Ew. is so hot. And it's going to take me back, Ann, to 1994 when braided belts and Adidas soccer shoes were all the rage amongst the boys to impress This is This means more ladies, men's. And. This that means, was me in 1994. No. Slides and braided belts. It's going to happen. This means more men's toenails out in the public no, eye, No, you can which wear slides terrible. with socks. You can totally wear slides with socks. Okay. Well, we'll see. 100%. But... You, so you, okay. All right. Well, let's keep moving. All right, Chris. Story number three. Dollar General wants to become a bank. Uh, this is one of the cool stories that we have uh, for you all this week, I think. Um, according to Chain Storage, again, Dollar General is launching a series of new financial services, which include the introduction of Dollar General's proprietary SpendWell banking platform, also a buy now pay later test program with Sezzle and new FIS WorldPay card rewards points 
um, for payment options. Now, Spendwell is perhaps the most interesting concept here. The Spendwell yeah. bank account and Visa card is issued through Meta Bank and is now available at Dollar General's 18,000 plus stores, as well as through a dedicated online platform and mobile banking app. All Spendwell accounts will also include free features and services such as direct deposit with early access to wages, ability to add cash at Dollar General, and online bill payment. Chris, I'm Man. I'm going to you for I'm first. Yeah, your first. You want my take? I want your take because you you and I have been talking about this quite a bit as of late. I would say, like within the last three months, especially. We have, we have a hundred percent. You know, I you guys give me crap for throwing this around a lot, but this to me is potentially headline of the year running. Oh god, it's in the running for that again. It is. It's a gangster move. It is. It's a, gangster a total move. gangster. It's move. a major headline. It's you got to stop using that superlative because it's driving me gangster crazy. move or headline of the headline year? headline of the year. H O Y for sure. All right, but here's the thing. It comes. You've as- got like twenty five already, <laughs> and it's only the like we're in March. I have two. I don't even remember what the other one was, but it, oh, but anyway. It comes this, the other thing, coincidentally, it comes the same week the company says it plans to add 10,000 jobs this year, too, yep. which is a you know massive, disc- massive yeah. amount of people and distinctly different than the rest of the industry. Mm-hmm. Um, and this company sits, we talked about this before, but this company sits at the intersection of so many positive attributes macroeconomically and has been playing its hand so well. Mm-hmm. Because what this speaks to is the trend that we're going to see more and more of, and that is what I call what the, the industry is calling now embedded finance. Explain that for the listeners. Put simply, embedded finance is the idea that anyone can become a bank. Anyone, okay, anyone or any, any company. Any company. Anyone, really, yeah. anyone, if you want to, if you want to go after it. Anyone can do that. And the technology is such that becoming a bank is becoming much easier through software, essentially. Right. And this is why Walmart is going hard after this idea too, because when you do it right, it makes your customer relationships very sticky. And you can also save a ton of money on the that goes right to the bottom line through all the lower banking fees that yes. you're able that you don't have to pay anymore because you are your own bank. Yes. And I'll name drop a company which I almost never do on this podcast, but it's the coolest company that I've come across lately, and it's called Alvier. It's A L V I E R E, and you should check it out because it's all about this idea, which is that Target, Walmart, Home Depot, whomever can become their own banks, mm-hmm. and that can consumers can start interacting with them in that way. So for that reason, I think this is huge. When you think of the store footprint Dollar General has becoming the now local bank yes. for everyone in America, massive, massive impact. You start connecting this with payroll and all that kind of stuff. Super awesome move. Yeah, I totally agree. You know, this is one I'm gonna be doing a panel um, at Shop Talk about the future technology that will change the retail industry. And this was one that, you know, just in surveying the group that we're going to be talking with, you know, people just still aren't really aware of this They're yet not. in the industry. And so I think it's important to for us to call out this story especially. Mm-hmm. Um but I think it's only a matter of time, especially when you're talking about Dollar General, that is such a large presence, especially in the U.S., um, and a larger presence. They're expanding to more stores. Um, they have the more- shelf concepts right, coming. Right, right. Like Dollar General alone has more customers than most banks do. And so in addition to, and then when you think about them like adding other features to the store, they're adding produce, they're adding other mass retail items, pop shelf you mentioned. But being able to offer their customers an, a form of flexible payment still um, that benefits Dollar General and benefits the customer, like that's going to have a major impact. And and I think really be like one of the the like, North stars in retail in the next couple of years, just what they're what they're 
putting together right now. Um, and we learned, we did a podcast mm-hmm. with Sezzle this week, a live event on LinkedIn to check out if you guys haven't, but talking about how, you know, having these kinds of options is going to dictate where people are choosing to do their shopping. Yep. And when you are a Dollar General adding all of these things that we just talked about, and you're competing with the Walmarts of the world this is something that could change those shopping behaviors um, and increase those trips to Dollar General. Yeah, and glad you brought that up too because I didn't call, I didn't talk about it, but like the fact that they're now buy now pay later is a paying option in a dollar store. Right. Like that's crazy. Right. But it's now happening. Yes. I mean, my last thing I would say on this is like I think I think we're, what we're looking at here is Dollar General is like solely becoming Walmart back in like 1985, yeah. where it's becoming the pillar of the local communities. And I said this before about I think a year and a half ago, two years ago. Don't be surprised if this is a top ten top ten retailer in the next you know five to ten years by volume. It's going to happen. These yeah. guys are that good at what they do. All right. Headline number four. Walmart this week. Oh, this story is tailor-made for you, Anne. And I use the word tailor-made intentionally, the phrase. Walmart this past week rolled out a new fit technology on its website called, quote, choose my model, end quote. And here is how it works. According to CNBC, the new tech allows shoppers to pick someone who resembles their height, shape, and skin tone. And then it shows how a clothing item would look on a person with a similar body type. The tech, it should be noted, comes to Walmart from a company called Zekit, which Walmart acquired last May. Yes, they did. And in true Ann Mazinga fashion, yes, you actually went online and tried this out this week. I did. Which is perfect because I am afraid to tell you, you are getting the A&M put you on mm. the spot question this week. Are you ready for it? Can can one ever truly be ready for No, probably not actually. Question? No, probably not because it's usually a very thoughtful and and thought-provoking question. All right, here it is, Ann. Yes. Are you ready? Let's do this. The question from AM is the as as follows. Better fits and minimizing returns is critical in apparel retailing. Mm-hmm. And we've seen a few brands introducing new tech here. And you just also favorably favorably some might say favorably favorably <laughs> whoa do you want to add a Grover voice to that while you're at it? I don't, know. I don't know what the hell just happened there. <laughs> Woo! Favorably demoed and reviewed what Savage by Fenty introduced. But coolness factor aside, what do you think has the potential to make a bigger impact? Walmart's Choose My Model, which works from the comforts of your home, mm-hmm. or the Fit Match tech you tried at Savage by Fenty, which requires a more intimate, in-person experience the floor is now yours. Oh, well, um, I'll start this off by I got to give Walmart points for trying to do this. Uh, it's still still in the early stages, but it needs a lot of work. You cannot compare these two experiences, AM. and um, Apples and oranges. Apples and oranges. So let me just go through quickly, like side by side. Okay, so right now on the Walmart app, you can only use this experience from what I can tell with Walmart-owned brand products. And when you have Walmart, like if you search for dress on Walmart, you're getting all of the Walmart marketplace providers and Walmart Plus. So this is not like every single product in the Walmart universe is going to be giving you these options. Which but, I want to say too, is a great point because you have to have all that item data to exactly, be able to do this, which exactly. also, uh, that's great because it automatically makes this limiting feature. Yes, that's interesting. Exactly. Great, great catch. Um, it doesn't quite work the way that the press release teases it. Um, you get So when you do find an item, you get to the product, it lets you tr- choose up to four alternate models, but it's not uh-huh. like you get to choose like my skin color type and my body type. It's just four models that you get to choose from. 
based on like really you still have to choose your body type like you, you still, get limited in terms yes, of you like you can only choose four people that fit that are the same fit as you and then to see what skin tone is you have to pick a different model and go back so it's the the experience is very choppy wow now fit match the savage by fenty experience that is is right now an associate taking an iphone and Check out the video if you haven't seen it already. It goes into much deeper um, depth into how this works. But you, in seconds, you have a 3D scan of my body, not one of four right, models. Right. My body. And the idea is that I can take that avatar and use it across retailers in, you know, as it continues eventually, to expand right. eventually. But not just with one retailer, not just with Walmart products. And eventually, it will be something that the consumer can use at home. Like That's what Hanif Brown, the founder, is saying. It's already on a mobile device. It's already on an iPhone. They just need to scale up the number of retailers to make that worth my while as a consumer at home to be like, I'm going to scan my own body and now I can use my avatar at all of these retailers. Which is, which, right, Anne, is the same thing you've hypothesized that Amazon is going to do at their style store, right? Exactly. Like the same general principle idea exactly. here. Exactly. They've already been collecting that data for the custom t-shirt fit that they have. Mm-hmm. And so to answer Anne's question, I would say, like, you one you can't compare the two, but undoubtedly the Fitmatch example that technology has much more potential to solve the problems that they're talking about, minimizing returns and improving the customer experience overall. Well done, well done. What I'm going to say, thank you. I, I I actually disagree with you. What on one key point? I know, right? I disagree with you that I actually don't give Walmart any credit for this. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, like, I agree. I actually fundamentally agree with everything you let's, said. Let's it's, see you get down to your right, skivvies right, right. and see them give right, us a fair, try. Fair play to you. If you haven't watched the video online, Anne is fearless <laughs> in demoing demoing this fit technology at Savage by Fenty. But no, I agree with everything you said 100% except what you said to open, which is that you give, Am- you give Walmart credit for this. I don't. I think this story is so lame. Okay. This falls in the website widget bucket for me, which is good alliteration for all you OmniTalk fans. It is. It's it's nothing more than a website widget, which you're putting in. Sure, it might help conversion on the very limited items you're able to do it on because I thought you brought up a great point. Like you have a third-party marketplace. I tried to find it for men's. I couldn't yeah. even find it. I gave up. Yeah. So like it's, it's going to have a minimal impact at best, and that's if people can use it. It probably drives conversion on the people that are using it, but how many people are actually using it? And so the fact that that Walmart is pubbing this mm-hmm. and pubbing it extensively, right. like I saw it a lot, mm-hmm. it's nowhere near as great as the AI computer vision capabilities that we're talking about, which yes. have a lot more staying power. And so I honestly think if I'm Walmart, I'm embarrassed to be publicizing this as much as I as much as I was last week. I I just I just think it's it's such a lame, the way you've described it, it's such a lame like widget e-commerce experience that I, I just don't get it. Yeah, I, it's it's got to, just to close, like it makes me wonder, there's got to be more to the Zekit platform, I would hope, that it's just like, again, it's just in the early stages, so they haven't launched it, but you're right. I think the fact that Walmart's just like blasting this out there, like this is going to change things. They're using AI to do this, like, there's a lot in there that is a little early or premature. I yeah, think. and the AI component tree, the first shot of this makes me very skeptical when you have to pick four body types that you can even right. match, right? So, right. like, yeah, it makes me question, like, what did they get with this acquisition again, which has been the historical track record of Walmart that we've questioned on the show a lot. Well, speaking of questioning uh, large retailers, yeah. we got to go to headline number five. 
Chris, Chewy co-founder Ryan Cohen has taken an almost 10% stake in Bed Bath & Beyond, and this guy is out for blood. He is pushing for (laughs) some major changes at Bed Bath & Beyond. So you guys, you have got to read this article. Like, full article, dive in, get yourself a cocktail on a Friday night and enjoy because it is spectacular. According to the Wall Street Journal, Cohen's plan for Bed Bath & Beyond is simple. He urges the company to take two main steps. One, to narrow the focus of its turnaround plan and maintain the right inventory mix to meet demand. And two, to explore a separation of the bye-bye baby chain or a sale of the entire company. Chris, you brought this to my attention. I am so thankful you did. (laughs) Uh, What, what, like, bring us your your whole collective world of thoughts and and your opinions on Mr. Cohen here. For sure. Yeah, it was funny for those listening. Like, Anne, Anne came to me this morning. She's like, oh, my God, I read this shareholder letter. It's amazing. Yeah, it's, it's so and brilliant. I, I, I got to tell you, when I first read the headline, Anne, I was like, okay, here we go again. Mr. Cohen and his ego thinking he can sweep in totally. with his retail genius from Chewy and save another dying brand, you know, after what he's currently trying to do at GameStop. But then I read his points in, that were laid out in the Wall Street Journal, and then I read his letter to the board. And I got to tell you, this guy is my new hero. He's, it's like the Martin Luther 99 thesis. It's oh. like crazy. Like, all right, Bed Bath & Beyond, let's do this. It was so great. Like, there's one point where he 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 said, he basically boldly asked, how can the exec team at Bed Bath & Beyond pay themselves $36 million a year last year, given their performance? And I'm like... Yes, fair point. Yes. Great point. And then he goes on to question what we have questioned numerous times, which is the underlying strategy of the Bed Bath exec team and how it has no real teeth, which it doesn't. I've said that thousands of times. We've argued it on the show with countless people on social media. Private label is not a strategy. It doesn't work. And then the point that I love, too, is like the, what he says about spinning off Bye Bye Baby just makes a ton of sense. Yeah. Like that space... There's no one that occupies the baby registry no. space, especially with the dissolution of, of Babies, Babies R Us. Us. Yep. You know, you're really only options now are Target and Walmart. And Amazon. And Amazon. Mm-hmm. And for a physical experience with baby registry, there's still an important aspect oh, of that absolutely. as a first time mom. Linda and, still wants to buy a baby shower gift in person. Yeah. You know? Uh-huh. Like and many other Linda, grandmothers and, and Grandma Omnitalk does that. Yeah, 100%. yeah. Yeah. And so yeah, so you know, it makes me go back to this thesis too. Like they're probably using it as a cash cow to like pay themselves handsomely. And yes. And I just, I freaking love it. I think there's going to be, where there's smoke, there's going to be even more fire on this story as we've been going along. We've been on this topic for quite a while. I actually give us credit for being one of the first people to see like what's really going on here. And Mr. Cohen, I got to hand it to you, man. You are my new favorite activist. Yes. And I don't I don't think I have a favorite activist. So you're a, you're in a category of one. Yeah, he's like the John Oliver of board members. Right. He's just like coming at people. Analogy. It's amazing. Um, not much that I have to add here, Chris, other than, you know, we need to get this guy on more retailer boards because when he speaks, people listen. I mean, GameStop is a great example. Um, the market responds too. Um, I think that, you know, especially given his chewy background, I love that he's he's yeah. saying like, look at what we did. I understand the psychology of humans and what they're willing to spend on their fur babies. Like, let's make Bed Bath & Beyond like and spin off. Like, bye-bye baby. How do you make that the ultimate destination for baby purchasing. And like you said, there's still a huge gap in the market there. So there's a lot of potential. Yeah, that's great. Actually, and I don't know if people know this, but too, but I ran the baby department for Target for a couple of years. And God, that's actually one job that would think, I would think about coming out of retirement if he ends up yeah. pulling this off. Oh, yeah. Like to head that up. Oh, my God. That Absolutely. Would be fantastic. Absolutely. Um, All right, let's do this. Let's close this up. We've done it, Chris. Another week of five headlines in the books. Um, now to the lightning round. 
Chris, Fanatics is launching a digital trading card platform that will deploy the blind Dutch auction model in order <laughs> to acquire new cards. If you were someone unfamiliar with auction models, what would you assume the blind Dutch auction model is? The blind Dutch auction model. That's yes. what you're asking me? Yes. Oh, my God. Off the top of my head, uh, uh, go for stereotypes here, but I'm thinking dudes in orange Adidas jumpers wearing blindfolds eating French fries with mayonnaise arguing <laughs> over the price of a 1985 Pete Rose Topps baseball card. Am I close, Anne? Is that what a blind Dutch auction model is? It's not. I actually had to look it up. It like started in the 1700s, and apparently it's the model where the market sets the price. So like you, you, know, it, you might say I'm willing to pay X number of dollars for this card, but you start at like $600, but then if nobody's offering $600, then the auctioneer goes down to like 500, goes down to oh, 400, goes okay. down to 300 until the market establishes like what's the base. Somebody pay. comes into the, okay, yep. got it. Yep. All right, got it. That That's very helpful. See, you learn a little something on every OmniTalk Fast Five show. All right, and Kroger opened up three more automated spoke facilities this past Holy cow. Three again. I know. That's crazy. And are you partial to spoke more as a verb or as a noun? Noun and preferably on my bicycle. <laughs> All right. I like my spokes where I like my bicycles. I don't know. <laughs> I don't even know how that. that I was trying to make a really bad, <laughs> bad statement there. Okay, Chris, Walmart is giving six months of free Spotify to Walmart Plus members because, and I quote, Walmart Plus members have told us they're passionate about music. Okay. Uh, <laughs> is there a song that you're passionate enough about that you would get a Walmart Plus membership? That, that I didn't realize that before, but that, that is a pretty vague reason to give people this as part of their People are passionate benefit. about music? People are passionate about music, so we're giving them a free fun. Imagine that. Which is probably true, actually, ultimately, at the end of this. So it's probably good. All right, to answer your question, what song would I be passionate about enough? Well, Anne... It would be Safe Tonight by Eagle Eye oh Cherry. Oh my God. Because you when I was song. when I was an RA at Stanford, I used to play that song on repeat for hours <laughs> at a time. It used to drive my buddy Oven Bonsell crazy. That sounds like crazy. my own personal hell. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like hell for you, Anne, is just a repeat of Save Tonight by Eagle Eye Cherry. We just oh, put you in a room. Such a good song yeah. though. All right, Coles. Okay. Reportedly has plans to build a whole host of new thirty thousand square foot coal stores. And my question for you is, what does thirty? What does a thirty thousand square foot coal store conjure up in your mind? So we're basically talking about a Sephora with a larger pickup area or returns area <laughs> for Amazon returns, right? Right. It just has like coals emblazoned on it, but everything else is everything you do outside of a maybe Kohl's, a right? holiday display for like uh, blankets, heated blankets. I don't know. <laughs> Doilies, doilies, and crockery. If you're That's a big right. OmniTalk fan from back, back three, four years ago. All right, but yeah, I mean, it just seems like that's where Kohl's is going with their strategy. I read their, I read their report this week that yeah. they gave to investors. It is god awful. Like mm. I could not. I, you sh if you get a chance, it's out there in the public. You guys Ryan should Cohen, read it. Ryan Cohen, you out there? Yeah, right. You want a new client? I don't think he even. Wants I don't to think touch he has that. time. All right. Uh, happy birthday today to Carrie Underwood. Uh, Underwood. Carrie Jeez. Underwear. <laughs> Olivia Wilde and the Walker Texas Ranger himself, who is forever solo flexing in my mind, Chuck Norris. Oh yeah, that's this one, right? Yeah, solo the flex. solo flex. Yeah. That's so good. Yeah. I think he was solo flex. I don't know. Bo flex? It doesn't. It doesn't really matter. It's all the same thing. Whatever commercial, you know, you can you can place it in your mind if you're if you're a fan of the '80s. Oh and remember, if you can infomercial, and remember, if you can only read or listen to one retail blog in the business, make it OmniTalk. Our Fast Five podcast is the quickest, fastest rundown of all the week's top news. And our twice-weekly newsletter tells you the top five things you need to know each day and also features special content exclusive to us and just for you. And it fits all within the preview pane of your inbox. You can sign up today at www.omnitalk.blog. 
Thanks, as always, for listening in. Please remember to like and leave us a review wherever you happen to listen to your podcast or on YouTube. And of course, as always, be careful out there. The OmniTalk Fast Five is a Microsoft-sponsored podcast. Microsoft Cloud for Retail connects your customers, your people, and your data across the shopper journey, delivering personalized experiences and operational excellence. It's also brought to you in association with the A&M Consumer and Retail Group. The A&M Consumer and Retail Group is a management consulting firm that tackles the most complex challenges and advances its clients, people, and communities toward their maximum potential. CRG brings the experience, tools, and operator-like pragmatism to help retailers and consumer products companies be on the right side of disruption. And Takeoff. Takeoff is transforming grocery by empowering grocers to thrive online. The key is micro-fulfillment, small robotic fulfillment centers that can be leveraged at a hyper-local scale. Takeoff also offers a robust software suite so that grocers can seamlessly integrate the robotic solutions into their existing businesses. To learn more, visit Takeoff.com. And finally, Sezzle. Sezzle is an innovative buy now, pay later solution that allows shoppers to split purchases into four interest-free payments over six weeks. To learn more, visit Sezzle.com.